I feel like this is probably the ugliest Democratic primary for New York City mayor that I have ever witnessed. The rhetoric and the tactics are getting out of control. They are out of control. Please let this be over. Hi. Welcome to the Down Bad Politics podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Morgan McIntyre. Will we ever figure out exactly what my title is? Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. But this is my co-host, Matthew, Matthew Barber. Matthew, I got a tweet liked by Dan Rather Barber. Yes. Applause, applause, applause. All right, that's enough applause. <laughs> I live not. says fave Lady Gaga once said. One Lady Gaga, as she is called. But yeah, we're here. We're recording on the latest federal holiday to be enacted. Yes. Juneteenth. Happy Some June. insider baseball. We don't do this the day of. <laughs> no, we release on a certain day, but we are recording on a certain day. Yes. So we're actually recording on Juneteenth. So this is our happy Juneteenth to you. But you're going to be hearing this after Juneteenth, so kind of more of a retroactive thing. But regardless, happy Juneteenth. I'm very excited that we have this new federal holiday, personally. Yes. But obviously, I know you're very excited about this. Yeah. I think for for obvious reasons. (laughs) What are the obvious reasons? You are an African-American. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) And this is a holiday about the liberation of African-Americans in the United States. Indeed, indeed. And the Stonewall got made a holiday, a federal holiday. Or whenever Stonewall happened, I'd be like, okay, yeah, that's pretty fucking based. Yeah, one of these days. Maybe when you're a president. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Or or maybe me, I just do it in front of you. you. Regardless. But yeah, it's our hard work of all the activists, including um, Oprah, Oprah Lee, I believe, mm-hmm. who's 94, and she was worked very hard for this, and it's pretty cool seeing it connected. Now, for those who maybe don't know me, who is Oprah Lee? <laughs> oh, Oprah Lee is an activist who was like, um, who pushed the hardest Mm -hmm. um, to get Juneteenth as a federal holiday. She lived Mm. in Texas where the whole Juneteenth event happened in Texas Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And maybe for those who don't know, me until very recently, what is June, what what does Juneteenth celebrate? Juneteenth. <laughs> Besides the general sort of, you know, freeing of the slaves, but well, Juneteenth is like a day where the last, um, well, Union General uh, Gideon Garner basically went to Texas. Like it was two months after the Civil War happened and ended, and basically saying, "Dollar." basically the last ones because they're the farthest away from all the action so they're just like hey y'all you know and even two years after the um uh emancipation proclamation said that 
certain slave, the enslaved are free at a certain place, mm-hmm. basically. So that is why we celebrate Juneteenth. Okay. See, I didn't know all the specifics, to be honest. To be honest, actually, I had heard of, I only started hearing about Juneteenth, I think, in 2019. And that was only because it was being brought up in a political context. And, you know, no shock, sh- shocker, me, a white man, has never heard of Juneteenth. I only, <laughs> I only learned Juneteenth since uh, 2017, when <sighs> Blackish episode that talked about Juneteenth. Gotcha. But yeah, no, I had no concept of, I didn't know that it was a thing until very recently. And then even then, I didn't really know exactly what it was until... Mm-hmm. say re- when it was recently passed and uh that was mostly just because now i was learning about it and understanding it and personally you know i'm white i'm, I'm just gonna and like most things if you i'm just gonna know. insert myself into this if conversation about know. race <laughs> probably <laughs> clumsily probably awkwardly and yes if you didn't know i'm white yes i know you can't tell by my profile picture <laughs> <laughs> But no, I think that ultimately it's a good thing Indeed. based on my understanding of what the holiday is, what it represents, uh, just the moment in a, not just African-American history, but in a, to sort of, sorry to all lives matter this, but in American history, it is a pretty yes. important moment, uh, a pretty quintessential moment to just Americanness in general. I uh, I'm always I've always advocated the view that the United States has progressively been a society that does more of a positive integration, where we define people into what it means to be American, rather than defining what America means uh, as opposed to something else. There are certainly those forces within America for sure. They've been there from the beginning, mm-hmm. but oftentimes the idea that America is a built on an idea is very much true. We haven't been perfect about it. I'm not going to deny that. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like America has been a beacon of liberty and freedom for its entire life, but it has certainly strived towards that in that positive integration view and we are progressively doing it more and more in Juneteenth in my opinion is a good reflection of this because providing people the basic freedoms that they should have is quintessential American history agreed and we did not have a holiday that basically commemorates the end of slavery as we knew it basically Mm -hmm. and that's a pretty important fucking moment in american history to be honest yeah. from my perspective next so i it, want a, a holiday basically talking about the surrender of the confederates please. can we yes please and we burn we, every we, single co- confederate flag can we dance in the confederates grave already oh absolutely like, i have no ill will towards people in the south nowadays personally it's just the obsession with the confederacy like i get why it's there that doesn't mean I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Morgan, you're talking to someone from the South. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Depending on how you define it, including no, the U.S. government, Maryland is the South. Yes, I guess. Um, <laughs> I would consider. I would consider it to be the South. I mean, literally, it tried to secede from the Union, and the Union had to very aggressively and very authoritarianly cling on to it to try and, you know, keep make sure the capital wasn't behind enemy lines yeah 
So we're the good. We're the best Southern state, actually. You in Delaware and Virginia and Georgia. Oh yeah, and Georgia. There's a, of, there's a lot of good Southern. There's a lot of good Southern states. There's just a lot of. There's also just a lot of. Uh, Those Southern bad. States. There's a lot of bad tendencies in, in the South, unfortunately. Especially in the Deep South. Yes, it's not to obviously say not all Southerners. Yeah, it's not like the, the Southern because like the North has some shit, you know. Oh. Oh, trust Especially me. Massachusetts. <laughs> Massachusetts. Our long time enemy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, like, I'm from California. I can tell you for a matter of fact, California has not been. <laughs> we have not been a particularly, uh, yeah, sure, we're a progressive state now, but that doesn't mean we're fucking perfect. Yeah. Um, I mean, Considering I apparently have like allegedly family family histories, I'm related to John C. Fremont, who um, who if you don't know, first nominee of the Republican Party, but was also like a major uh, general in the U.S. military. Mm-hmm. And if that's true, he potentially participated in a genocide <laughs> in my home state yeah. against Native Americans living here. <laughs> So, yeah, California. No, I'm not going to pretend like any state is, like, innocent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Let's man. not pretend, like, the South is uniquely bad. Exactly. Um, but, yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah. Maryland is not a Southern state, though. But, anyway, another thing. Um, yeah, it's good. I saw some people, you know, talk about it, and it made me feel a type of way about it. How did it make you feel, Matthew? It made me mad as fuck. <laughs> why? 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 Here's the deal. Elaborate. Like, the, the main criticism of basically um, making Juneteenth into a federal holiday is basically like, well, it's basically symbolic and, you know, it's symbolism. It doesn't really do systemic change. I mean, first off, yeah, it's fucking symbolic. You know, mm-hmm. basically that. and And, you know, basically like, well, why aren't they basically doing other stuff like police reforms, reparations, and, you know, voting rights stuff? It's like, well, if you're paying attention, some Democrats are, you know, very much hard at work in doing the, doing the voting rights stuff. And like, you got mm-hmm. HR1 and HR4 and, you know, police reform. They're still working on the George Floyd justice and policing stuff. If you're yeah. paying attention, you know, they're p- p- doing work. And mm-hmm. also... I remember during last year, the year of our Lord, 2020, you know, there plenty of talks about like, you know, let's take down the Confederate flags and statues. I mean, that pretty much on itself is fucking symbolic. It's not really doing anything, but does it feel good as hell? Hell yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just like, you know, in Glorious Bastards, you know, when, you know, the movie, it's basically, you know, it has a group of Jewish you know, soldiers killing Nazis. I mean, that sounds beautiful yeah. to me. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. No, don't get me wrong. I would love to see, just as a gay man, just some scene of a homophobe getting the shit kicked out of it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. By spy gay people. Like exactly. that, just as like a karmic thing. It's exactly. a beautiful thing. It's just like as a symbolic thing. Maybe it's not like, the well, best thing in the world, but if it were to happen in real life, but it's still good. It feels damn good. And it does. Feeling people, you know, seeing people who deserve it and get it. Yeah, exactly. It's like why I watch 
Django Unchained and I felt a glee to it, basically. You know, mm. it didn't happen. And if it did, it usually ended up with the person leading the rebellion getting, you know, hanged. However, with Django, it felt fucking good, you know? Oh, yeah. But anyway, happy Juneteenth. You know, Juneteenth is, you know, it's not happy a it's a federal holiday. Congrats to Opal Lee, who basically fought for her whole life to get this shit passed. Congrats. Good on you. Good on you, Opal. Yeah. For me, I think the funniest thing, just a side note, just as the people, because you obviously you saw a lot of uh obviously a lot of more left-wing progressive activists being like making these points about how we still need to do more and do more than symbolism, which I get. And of course. The point that the thing that I thought, the thing that I saw that was funny was like a lot of these conservative types who were complaining about it. In particular, <laughs> one Charles Kirk. Oh my god, Charles Kirk. Charlie, oh, Charlie Kirk. Kirk. That my- was Oh, yeah. that was literally Justin Amash, former representative of uh, from the great state of Michigan. Yes. Posted a compilation of Kirk's tweets where he was essentially going like it started out like the first three were like, oh, yeah, Juneteenth should be a federal holiday and Donald Trump should make it a federal holiday. And this would be so great and amazing. And then the last one, he's like, this is a this is a takeover of the left. This is a takeover by the left. And they're trying to destroy what it means to be American. And it's just like. Okay, so you were literally just supporting this because Donald Trump maybe floated it. Yeah. Also, Justin Amash, he's like when he hits, when he has a base take, it's pretty fucking base. He hits exactly. Justin Amash, when he's based, he's based. Yeah, exactly. When he's not, he's not. Yeah, you know, obviously, he's a libertarian. I have some criticisms of him. Yeah, regardless. Uh, it was it was just really funny to watch because this is clearly like clearly Charlie Kirk and a lot of conservatives who were supporting the idea of Juneteenth, not even just conservatives, but Republicans specifically who were supporting the, the concept of Juneteenth. Totally just like there were many that just flipped simply because it was like, well, now it's the Democrats doing it. Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, I've said it before, I'll say it again. There's, there is a certain portion of the population that will just flip on whether something is good or bad, depending on who's in office. Um, great example is the economy. Like literally you look at the economy, like approval of the, how the economy is doing. Joe Biden, the transition from Biden to Trump is a great example of this. When Trump was in office, everyone was like, the Democrats were like the economy. The Democratic voters were like the, the economy sucks. Republican voters were like the economy's great. And then the moment it flips, it's the polls also flip too. And so now you have a bunch of Republicans being like the economy sucks, and a bunch of Democratic voters being like the economy's great. Yeah. And so, like, regardless of the actual factors of the economy, and regardless of you know who does what, what happens where, there was a certain. There are certain voters who will just be like, I approve of it because the guy in office has the same party affiliation as me, mm-hmm. which sucks. But that's our country right now. Yeah. Talk about how I did a, a funny black bat at someone who basically was talking about Juneteenth. Proceed. <laughs> okay, so yeah, and then our favorite, one of our favorite commentators. Candace Owens, she was basically like, ah, Juneteenth, blah, 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 blah. I'll just celebrate 
4th of July. And I did a tweet saying, I will proudly celebrate Juneteenth and 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Same. That's how I will do it. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to like actually, like, I don't usually do shit on holidays. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. I'm Me neither. It's like, so I wish I was like, cool. like people, <clears throat> oh, I do barbecues and shit like that. I'm like, dude, I wish, but usually for me i just sit down i i ponder i think i look at videos i go about my day and maybe we'll have like a fun dinner at the end or something yeah but i maybe use it as an excuse to uh not work (laughs) maybe (laughs) maybe possibly yes but um you know regardless of the fact that i'm actually recording a podcast i'm gonna record a podcast on july 4th too so it's not like i really care just you know there tends to be other stuff that you do on that day yeah maybe um but yeah fuck the haters happy fuck the haters god bless juneteenth and god bless every single member of every person who fought for this every person who voted for this and every person who signed it and legislate signed it into law because now we have it yeah surprisingly the vote was not as lopsided as i thought it would like even no that was good marjorie taylor green matt gates and your boy madison cronthaw voted for yes cronthaw (laughs) please keep mispronouncing his yes that's what i have literally zero desire i've i've said this i have literally zero attraction to the man anymore okay good it's died good But I will miss say his name because I forgot how it said it. You know. Oh yeah, he did something stupid today too. He did some stupid shit today. He's too. always doing something. He did something. He made some stupid comment about the American flag. It's like we only had one American yeah. flag because if you did not know, Macy Gray did a uh, article that basically says they should try to do redo the American flag and make it more inclusive and shit. I mean, maybe if we get. If we get uh, D.C. and Puerto Rico as a state, maybe we should. Well, we would have to because then we would have 52 states, not 50. Exactly. But, you know, he did some dumbass thing and saying like, oh, it's only one American flag, even though throughout our history, we have added stars plenty of fucking times. We have never had the American flag has never been a consistent. No. Thing. The base, the baseline has been consistent, but we've altered it constantly. It's fucking thing. Please. Oh yeah. If you just think before, you know, too many people lead by their dicks. And so just think. Yeah. Don't lead by your dick. Exactly. Don't. Don't. But um seamless transition. I think we should talk about the other big event coming up this week. Um, be going the to New a- York City mayoral primaries are happening on Tuesday. Oh, I was about to say I was going to a wedding tomorrow. <laughs> you are going to a wedding tomorrow, and I hope you enjoy it. Yes. But I've been more interested in the New York City mayoral primaries. I For some reason, that's just a mouthful for me. I don't know fucking why. But um, mostly because it is kind of like the big contest. Yes, because we're doing it. Virginia already happened. Virginia already happened, and Virginia was always kind of going to go, was always going to be, it was basically McAuliffe's to lose. 
uh, from the beginning, he always polled very well. And then once multiple candidates from the left started coming in, that basically fractured any real opposition to him. So, and even then from what we've seen in the other races in Virginia, the left, the left could have done better in the, in the gubernatorial primary, but they didn't, mm. they really didn't stand a chance. Um, at least Lee Carter lost. Yes, at least <laughs> Lee Carter lost. Both Probably. races. <laughs> Both. He is no longer going to be a delegate, and he has, he was never, he never had a chance to be governor. I don't know why he, I don't know why he jumped in. I'm still baffled by that to this fucking day. Um, but yeah, no, New York has at least been interesting because there's, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, like the real kind of proxy fight with regards to Democratic Party politics this, this time around, this cycle. <laughs> Because you have a lot of strong, you have a lot of candidates who have a lot of support, regardless of whether or not they are like really, really strong. You have several progressive candidates. You have several moderate candidates. You have a few celebrity candidates in there. So it like, it's always been a fractious race and no one's really been like super far out in front. So that's just what makes it interesting. Yeah. Just oh yeah! Much. Oh yeah! I forgot one other thing. <laughs> Some big thing that's gonna happen. This what? The White Women Week. Oh yeah. Yeah. Want to explain? That's that's a thing. Sure. I guess I'll explain this. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a joke that we thought of because Matthew happens to have a thing for white women. Take him a type. He, he does. This is this is he. Nancy Mace, Jacinda Ardern, Nancy Pelosi. Apparently now Alison Brie. <laughs> oh, Alison Brie, basically white women. Yeah. He has a thing for them. And I just, I think I threw this out jokingly as like, oh, don't fantasize about being with a white woman for an entire week. And now this is, like this podcast has, has evolved into an actual thing. Um... <laughs> So Matthew, starting on the, I believe the 20th, tomorrow, for tomorrow from when we are recording this, the 20th of June, you are not going to fantasize about being with white women. I don't know why the fuck you agreed to this, but like, have fun. <laughs> okay, here's the joke. It basically, there is, there was a football, there is a footballer, he's still alive, named Antonio Brown. He used to be with the Steelers and all that stuff. He's he, he's been a little bit, you know, been in some drama. And um, he did a mixtape where it basically says, "No white women, 2020," basically. And it's just hysterical, basically. And I thought, let's do a joke where I do it for a week, and we'll see how it goes. And the running joke of it is. I'm not going to last. <laughs> You're not. I look. <laughs> my view on it is is you're probably not going to last only because I like it literally it's like every other fucking every other hour it feels <laughs> like you come in here with some like oh so I discovered this white so ce- this white celebrity and she's really attractive. <laughs> 
And I'm just sitting here like, okay, this is like the eighth time you've done this today. Um, so I mean, even do it honestly, respect, but like, it's it's literally, it's not like I'm gonna be looking over your shoulder. <laughs> no, it's so supposed to be a joke because like, because there's so much in Maryland. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, Elizabeth Olsen, she's pretty cool, <laughs> and Warwick is probably like. With that look he always gives me, basically, like. I mean, it's just repetitive. The only thing is, like, it's the conversation just feels repetitive. It's not like I have any sort of animosity towards the concept. Uh, I mean, because like literally, the guys. Literally, I saw some fucking meme, some some fucking meme from a gay meme site that was literally just like. Oh, look at this, a basic white man, my type. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, that's me. Uh, literally, like, I am the exact reverse of this, but for men. Uh, like, literally, any time I see some mildly attractive, like, why do you think, why do you think Cawthorn and Crowder were on my list? Because they, I find them mildly attractive. And so, like, not anymore, but at the time. Cawthorn is would never be able to do anything with me on top of whether or not I actually found him attractive and on top of that he's a fucking Nazi yes. and uh, Crowder is just fucking insane yeah <sighs> also um, you did a thirsty tweet today didn't you Morgan <laughs> no you didn't it was more, more meant as a joke but it yeah. is pretty funny though it is it, yeah no it was um what i did was i made a uh, i love how we were supposed to i wanted to talk about the new york primaries yeah, we could gone in a completely different direction well i will we will circle back to this at some point soon um but no i made a tweet basically parroting a lot of those like uh people who are like oh hey i want to be you know they'll post like oh me and who question mark and kind of and then they'll post like some cutesy thing kind of implying like who wants to be like this in this cute relationship with me and I posted a version of that but the picture that I picked was this these two guys and one of the guys was kind of like standing up and he has this very obvious bulge and the other guy is kind of like just like looking at it like uh like you could say he's like casting a spell on it he's looking at it very hungrily (laughs) Uh, it's but it's clearly supposed to be kind of funny. It is funny. And it's yeah. It's like the joke. The, the photo was clearly supposed to be very jokey, and so I was kind of playing it up, like because like on one level, it's like this is kind of a parody of those, and I think that this is like a funny way of doing it. Um, but then on another level, if like if I'm gonna have a relationship, if I'm being honest, it's probably gonna be something like that. Where it's just me and a guy just, for lack of a better term, being bros. I can't think of a better way to describe it at the moment, but essentially just like doing dumb shit that you would imagine guys tend to do just because that's who I am. And that's so the saying, kind of a relationship I want. Do you want a Batman type, basically? This is well established. <laughs> I mean, Yes. Yes, this is well fucking established lore, I feel like. If it's not, then yes. Mm. He's a good dude. He is a good dude. It's just like, just a good dude. You know, he's... really is. Didn't he was like planning something or something? 
like a, a garden or something or he was planting a tree <laughs> yes, in his yes. backyard and then everyone got like thirsty over it because everyone's always thirsty over Patman. If you have not seen Patrick Deman, as his Twitter handle says, um, he's a very strapping man. <laughs> very he handsome. A great Captain America. Oh yeah. He looks like a young Captain America-esque person, human being, man. <laughs> biological entity exactly he's like you know just i could i can totally believe he can be captain america oh yeah you throw him in a captain america suit and i'd be like oh yeah i buy that that's yeah. real life captain america right there yeah because uh, so, you know he's got like the broad shoulders he's very built like a uh, bodybuilder mm-hmm. so he um is basically my type <laughs> I'm not going to deny that. You look even mildly athletic, and I'm like, okay, we simp. Um, uh, So, yeah, um, unsurprisingly, I find him attractive. And and then I made a joke about how, like, he's doing a pro-environmentalist thirst trap, which was I thought was funny, because it's true. He is. He is. He loves right. planting trees and bare-chested, muscular men. I know. Call yeah. me Patrick. <laughs> Call me. You, right. you and I live in the same state. Not only, not only do we How live in the hours? same state, you, we live in the same area of the same state. You are literally, we are, there's a county. There is a singular county between us, which is weird for California. That's then again, it's Los Angeles County, and that is a not only a massive county, but a difficult county to drive through. Um, All right. Regardless, New um, State primary. New York City is having a primary. <laughs> They're having primaries on Tuesday, and yes. there's a lot of candidates. And because the Democrat is going to win in in November, that's the that's the month we vote in. Um, a lot of the focus has been on the Democratic primary, which has had some very strong uh, candidates with regards to who is going to win. There's never, there hasn't been one candidate that's just been running away with it. They've all kind of had their own strengths and weaknesses. And it's, as our opening tweet implied, it has been very, excuse me, very fucking hectic. A little bit. Just, just a little. Just, yeah. just, just, just a lot. <laughs> it feels like literally every fucking day there's some new fucking scandal that comes out about this race. Like, I'm certain there's going to be something in between the time that we record this and when it actually happens on the Tuesday that like comes out and we just don't cover because we're not recording it, like, the day of. Yeah, that'd be too much. But there's a lot um, of a lot of drama. There's a lot of drama. Where do we start? Do we start Which? with uh, the guy who was accused of sexual misconduct? Scott Strick. Yeah, him. Former comptroller. Well, current comptroller, but he's outgoing because he's not running for re-election because I believe he is term limited. Um, term limits in New York? Well, definitely. Yeah, no, in New York City, they have term limits. Yeah. They don't have term limits in New York State. Because a certain dude is not going to be mayor anymore. 
God. Juan Bill de Blasio, <laughs> which is doing some wild shit lately. If you want to see how like weird my political progression has gone, like back in 2013 when he was first elected, I was actually super fucking ecstatic about it. And while there are plenty of progressives who are now just like, they don't like him. I have moderate, it's not so much that I don't like him because his, you know, because he hasn't been progressive enough or something, but it's, I just, generally speaking, I don't like Bill de Blasio. I think there's maybe like his universal pre-K program from what I understand has been pretty good. Hats off to you there, but generally across the board from what I've seen, he has not done very well. It's just an unlikable. Yeah, he was not very good in the primary debates either. Oh, like, yeah. He made good points, but he made, like the way I've heard it described and I agree with having watched it, uh, he made good points in the worst possible way. Yeah. So, Just in a, like, bye de Blasio, have fun running next year in the primaries for the governorship oh. and most likely losing. Um, yeah, I just but yeah, no, he is the outgoing mayor. And a bunch of people are running to succeed him. Right now, the top four, I would say, are Maya Wiley, Catherine Garcia, Andrew Yang, and Eric Adams. Um, used to be Adams, Yang, and who we just mentioned before, Scott Stringer. But after his uh, various uh, sexual accusations of sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Um, he has he has had a fall from grace, and while he still has strong numbers, he's most likely not winning. Yeah, wasn't Morales supposed to be like a part of that group too? She's considered a part of the group, but she was never considered someone who would have a good chance. Mm-hmm. She, um, Diane Morales, for those of you who don't know, she is uh, basically like she's kind of like the quintessential DSA candidate. She sort of says, from what I've seen, she says all the same talking points that they say. And then she like tries to make herself look very, very left wing. Um, But the problem is, is that she has run into several struggles as, uh, first of all, she was a former landlord. And from what I understand, I don't know if this is just left wingers disliking landlords or whether or not she was just a bad landlord, but it seemed like she was not a very good landlord to her tenants. Allegedly, I should say, I don't know. You tell me. On to- hmm? I don't live in New York, so. I don't live in New York either, and I haven't been following it that closely. Yeah. I just see what I see on Twitter slash the bits and pieces that I've read, and they have not focused that much on Morales and her uh, time as a landlord. But uh, even on top of that, she very recently got into a lot of trouble with left-wing uh, people when she, when uh, members of her campaign staff attempted to unionize and she just got rid of them. She just got rid of people who were organizing uh, a unionized campaign staff. And it's not cool. Um, yeah, no, it, it just, as like a look, it just looks bad. Yes. If you're supposed, what are you going to say? Sorry. I was just going to say, it's like the most left-wing candidate, undeniably the most left-wing candidate who had like a chance, quote unquote. Um, 
it, it's just a terrible look for you to be kicking out people for unionizing. Yeah, and at the good, the good boys at Down Bad Politics, we support labor unions. <laughs> surprise, sir! Fucking prize. We support the union movement. <laughs> yeah, well, not surprise for me personally. <laughs> I mean, I've always mentioned that I am pro-union. I just don't talk about it a lot. <laughs> yeah, me neither, me neither. But So, you know, it just doesn't come up in my daily conversations all the time. Yes. But yes, I am pro-union. If anything, I would actively encourage my own workers to unionize, to be yeah. quite honest. But that's a, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, um, but we support labor unions. And when businesses yes. try to, or people try to, try not make that happen... We don't particularly like it. We do not. We do not. Yes. So we're quite disappointed at you, Miss Morales. Yes. We get to wag our finger at you. Very disappointingly. (laughs) But yeah, no. um, Honestly, I I do feel kind of... I, I do feel bad for progressives in this because they really haven't had... Even with the amount of candidates they have had, mainly Wiley, Morales, and Stringer have been sort of the three main progressive candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, I would argue, and I feel like many New York progressives would agree with this, they're, they've never really had like a solid, like a good champion yeah. in this election cycle. And that is mostly down to the fact that, from what I understand and from what I've seen, the the progressive movement within New York City has not had a very solid base until recently, and they are mostly working right now on building out that base, not running for mayor. True. So, like, from what I've seen, a lot of, like, the DSA activism going on in this election has been more focused on the city council than it has been on the uh, mayorality, which, honestly, smart move. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, that's how, if you're going to build an organization, that is how you should do it. You should focus on like city council seats and other <clears throat> elected officials that have to do more with that maybe aren't like the focal point, which doesn't, which, you know, isn't going to get you a lot of press coverage, but it's going to get you a lot more candidates to eventually run for that bigger office and a lot more networking bigger networks within that area to run for that bigger office so oh wait there was a story that came out you talked about city council there was a story about a certain new york city councilman have you heard about this no oh yeah that's a uh zach uh wiener <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> i just found this out zach wiener his father is a co- co-creator of the tel- the popular television show Dora the Explorer, but that is not the thing. Okay, I was about to say like, apparently into BDSM. Good for Zach Weiner. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we support you. Yeah, it, it, whatever you, as long as it's consensual. Uh, yes, as long as it's consensual and between adults. Yes. Those two, girls. which I would say are natural influxes of each other, because I do not believe kiddled children can knowingly consent. <laughs> exactly. But hey, we do not. If that is what you're into, man, good for you. But anyways, that's what I thought How about it. City council. Um, 
Yeah, no. So they've they've been trying to build up a bench within city council, which I organizationally regard. I don't agree with the DSA, obviously politically, but as a tactical move, I think that that's a better move for them. Thanks. So, um, but no, like we kind of so Stringer and Morales are kind of like the two major other candidates that have fallen off. Mm-hmm. They're like the two. There's like a top four, and then there's like a there's like the A tier and then there's like the B tier and then there's like everyone else. Just like with the 2020 election. Yes. And Morales and um, Stringer used to be in Stringer used to be in the A tier, but now he's fallen into the B tier. And there's two other members in the, in the B tier. Um, Sean Donovan, former HUD secretary. And oh my God, why am I blanking on his name? Ray, Ray McGuire, a former Citigroup executive, I believe. Mm-hmm. They've always had like, solid support and they've always looked like they would go far but the problem is is they've never been able to build out their support very broadly unlike the a tier so they're there yeah i like i like sean donovan and if sean donovan actually had like a chance i'd probably be more behind him but um he realistically does not have a chance from what i've seen and uh, oh, we should also mention because this is something I care about. New York City. This is going to be the first time New York City is going to be using ranked choice voting in their primaries. Woo! Which, for those of you who don't know, all ranked choice voting means is um, rather than just voting for one candidate, you rank the candidates. In this instance, you can only you can rank up to five candidates. So you don't have to rank all five. You don't have to rank every. Obviously, in this instance, you have to rank every single candidate, but you rank them based on who you prefer. So first choice, who you like the most, second, who's the second most, so on and so forth. And then if no one gets a majority of first preference, then they reallocate the lowest preference, lowest number of first choice preferences to their second choice. And then they rinse and repeat until somebody has a majority. Mm-hmm. And- I like, um, hmm? I like ranked choice voting. Pretty cool. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I love ranked choice voting. Um, that has more to do with the fact though, that I tend to be kind of like, I used to kind of be pro um, proportional allocation where you just base the seat number off the vote number. Oh. But I think that disconnects it from constituencies, which I think are more important. Mm-hmm. So I would prefer rank, I would prefer like a rank choice constituency system. Um, regardless. Uh, <clears throat> Where was I going with this? You were talking about the people who are the main people. And I feel yes. like it's about to go to the main four, basically. So, yeah, no. Now we're kind of in, like, the main four. And the question really comes down to, like, because it's going to be ranked choice. We're probably not going to know who's going to win on Tuesday night. But um, it's going to be interesting to see who who gets reallocated to whose whose supporters gets reallocated to who because then that kind of is going to determine who's going to win mm-hmm. because like like i've said i think the top four is adams garcia wiley and yang and that is a very interesting top four yeah. there are many different ways you can divide those votes within each other but to disappoint many people i am certain i i'm not i'm not going to say who i I'll say who I who I want to win, but who I think is going to win is probably going to be Eric Adams if I have to put money on it. Me too. 
Yeah. Who I who I want to win is Catherine Garcia. And I know you want Maya Wiley to win. Yes, sir. But um, I realistically think that Adams is probably going to win for a few reasons. I think once you get down to that final four, Yang and Adams seem to be close, have close support in that they tend to be appealing to sort of moderate to conservative whites. So they probably have a lot more overlap there. Uh, Wiley and Adams also have a lot of support, crossover support, mostly due to the fact that Adams has a very, you know, largely African-American, largely black coalition and Wiley as a black woman also has, also draws a lot of support mm-hmm. from that community too. Um, and then Garcia, I would imagine she actually has some secondary uh, Adams support, mostly because she has a tendency, from what I've seen, she does tend to appeal to a more middle-class background, essentially, the more technocratic Mm-hmm. back on and I would imagine there's probably some people who look at uh Adams and probably prefer Adams over maybe Yang or Wiley for that reason because he appears more technocratic at least yeah but um that's why that's generally why like I think most of these divisions probably come up more pro Adams than pro anyone else regardless of who he's in the finals with the question for me comes down to whether or not uh, very recently, uh, Catherine Garcia and Andrew Yang essentially said that they would vote for one another as like their first and second choices, which is what it is. Um, so I think the question then becomes like, how many supporters of Andrew Yang's copy that? Mm. Like how many? Because it's something, some a reference to note. Um, California, certain California cities have actually had this for a long time. Uh, for a while now. Um, notably, the city I'm going to reference, Oakland has had this. And um, in one of their mayoral elections, uh, <clears throat> two candidates were able to pull this off successfully where one of those two candidates won in part because they co-endorsed each other. The problem is that co-endorsement came, the difference is that co-endorsement came very early in the election and this is coming like a week out. <laughs> in this instance in New York, it's coming like a week out from the actual election. So I don't, there are already people voting in New York. Yeah. I mean, people are probably already voting. I don't know, exactly. And so it's like, I don't know how much this is going to impact things, yeah. but we'll see. Yeah, it's like three days before the big day, essentially. Yeah. If this was like so, beginning of the month, maybe there'll be some traction, but it's, it's like, the final hour yeah maybe we'll see yeah um you want to talk about quite... hmm? you want to talk about our boy <laughs> andrew yang yes <laughs> um it's interesting because i did kind of start i started out being more pro yang at the beginning of this primary but that was only because i thought it was going to come down to a him versus Adams and I kind of I preferred Yang to Adams but um I was pro Yang at the beginning too Yang has been uh I was also very like I was more pro Garcia if anything I just didn't think she's gonna win 
Mm-hmm. So I didn't, she, cause she was pulling in the beginning, she was pulling very low. She had no real chance. And then she got the New York Times endorsement and she shot up, shot up um, in her support. Uh, like I literally, I have stickers. Yeah. I bought stickers. Yeah. I bought stickers. Oh my God, they're so cool. See, it gets it done. That sounds like a, a ripoff of Warren has a plan or something. I like mean, that. she literally has been marketing herself as a technocrat. No shit. <laughs> um, but I got stickers. Yeah. I'm so happy. Best 10 bucks I ever spent. Um, even if she doesn't win, I still am happy I have them. Um, but regardless, uh, what the fuck was the point that was great? But yeah, no, once she actually became viable, I got more on board just because I was like, okay, now she actually has a chance. I tend to factor in whether or not you can win into my, like, whether or not I'll support you. Why? It's one of the reasons I was kind of behind Joe Biden for so long. Like, I always had Joe Biden. He wasn't like behind him, but he was always up there for me because I was like, at the end of the day, he's probably going to be the one that's closest to me that could win the primary. Um, So Yang started out, I think, in large part because of his uh, name recognition, started out in front. Yes. And then has progressively been losing support. Yep. <laughs> I, like, sorry, Yang Gang. I don't think he's winning. We love you, Yang Gang. We love, we love, we love the Yang Gang. We gotta give you, tell you the truth. We gotta be honest here. I don't think he's winning. No. I really don't. Yeah, I personally thought, oh, he's the favorite. Oh, yeah. I was like, no doubt about it. No, no doubt. doubt. And at this point, it's like, I would be surprised if he gets past fourth. Really? I would be surprised if he gets past fourth. I don't think he's getting into even the final two. That's, that's a bold claim. I just, looking at the data from what I'm seeing, I, like, and then on top of that, the fact that he doesn't exactly have... Like, he has solid, he's built up a solid base in terms of support beyond just, like, the Yang Gang online. But the the problem is, is I don't see how that coalition gets him further in. And then on top of that, a lot of the candidates that he would need to drop out aren't going to be eliminated. (laughs) Like, he he needs Adams to be eliminated. He needs Garcia to be eliminated. And they're not going to be eliminated. No. Adams is definitely making it to the final two. If he doesn't, I would actually be shocked. Hmm. Um, and Garcia is probably making it. She's probably dropped. She's probably being eliminated third or second. Hmm. She's either going to be in the final two or she's in like going to be eliminated third. Yeah. Um, and and so. And just making very questionable comments you know yes he very recently i believe the question was asked about like mental health or homelessness is one of the two and he made a comment about how uh yang to be clear made a comment about how um uh, like all new yorkers are entitled like people with disabilities are entitled to rights but so are new yorkers essentially implying that like he needed to prioritize non-mentally disabled homeless like yeah non-mentally disabled homeless people over or needed yeah yes non-mentally disabled homeless people over 
mentally disabled homeless people. Which is um, a take. <laughs> it's, a, it's an opinion. And he's entitled to his opinion. A shitty one. <laughs> yeah, it, it was kind of like, um, okay. Just, You're entitled to that opinion. But doesn't look good. It doesn't. Yes. It really doesn't. Yes. Uh, yeah. Not really. Yang has kind of fallen low on my opinion. Yeah. Like, like the problem is, is like it's essentially between him and Adams, it's kind of like a toss-up for me in many ways. Because there are things that I like about both of them, but then there are things that I dislike about both of them. So it's like I don't know. Yeah. Any that's why that's that's why we're on the Garcia and the Wiley train. Yeah, we like that. <laughs> we like that. Yes. <laughs> Give us, but, a, um, give us a badass woman, basically. God, knock on wood, Garcia wins. Obviously yeah. for me. For a while. Just anyone that isn't Yanger Adams. But it's mm-hmm. mostly going to be Adams. And then Adams has had to deal with controversy with regards to whether or not he lives in the city of New York. Mm-hmm. Which is... Interesting. It's odd. Yeah. It's just... it's. It's a weird fixation, honestly, in my opinion. That's like the thing that I find so st- kind of stupid about it. That just like, this is literally the most ridiculous thing you could be talking about. Like, sure, yes, he should reside in the city. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, no, he shouldn't reside in the city. Like, he should. But it's such a weird point to fixate on. And also he has like a policy where like something education and teachers and stuff which was odd. I mean, I cannot remember what he said. Um, it was like a certain amount of teachers. Like, oh yeah, you can have a certain amount of students with like a teacher. And I'm like, hmm? Was it like a class size limit? Thing? Yeah, it was like a class size limit thing. And it was interesting take. It says proposed 400 kid Zoom classes year round schools. Interesting. <laughs> okay. It's like personally for me, I have been Zoom. I have been Zoom remote learning for about a year. And you know, spoiler, next week I'm getting my second shot. And I hope in the fall we can just basically like I want to go back to in person, you know. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. I definitely am looking forward to going back to in person learning because i know for sure i'm definitely most like i think 80 percent of my of my uh, college is doing in person in the fall yeah. so um both the classes that i've signed up for are most likely going to be in person from all the scheduling information that i see which i'm fine with i have both my shots so yeah if you have both your shots you should and you're fully yeah. vaccinated you should and also there's um i think he was connected with some stop and frisk shit or something like that yeah, I think from what I've seen of that, the issue is that Adams was, he was on the police force. He used to be a police captain. He was on the police force in New York City. And so I don't know if he's, obviously that me, his whole, the whole reason he joined, he says that he joined was to 
uh, reform, be a reformer from within, essentially, mm-hmm. to be pushing from he. From what I understand, the story is that essentially his uh, either his pastor or a pastor, I believe in his area, encouraged him to do this specifically to join the police force, specifically to be a reformer and call up the system from within. Mm-hmm. And, Which isn't um, a bad approach. No, it's not a bad approach. I just don't know if there's ever. I think the accusation is mostly down to the fact that he was a police officer during the Giuliani and Bloomberg years, which were very famous for their stop and frisk policies. So I'm not too certain whether or not he's actually participated in it. And from what he said, he will not continue it. He's just been also been very tough on crime. He's him and Yang have been like the two that are the most tough on crime in terms of their language. Yeah. So I know that. Due to certain events recently. Yeah, well, the issue is is that a lot of New Yorkers are feeling are, to be clear, like crimes generally are statistically about the same as they've always been and going down. Just that violent crime has seen a recent spike. Yeah. And um, last time this happened, the guy who won, Ed Koch, was very famous for being like more conservative type of Democrat. So a very like law and order posturing Democrat. So like, it's not surprising that a candidate that presents himself as a law and order candidate is getting a lot of support right now. Yeah. <laughs> so who's calling? I believe he's called for cops on the street. So yeah. um, you know, take that policy for what you will. Uh, yeah. In that case, I think I think that's probably why he's winning or at least there's a very good chance to win because there's probably a lot of people who are concerned about public safety and they are probably going to rank him over other candidates who they perceive as being less competent. Mm-hmm. Namely, I hate to say this, but also Miley Wiley. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not going to make you happy. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm, just, I'm just a little concerned. With like, right. of, um, Eric Adams. I was like, what's his name again? <laughs> I forgot his name. Yeah, I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know. His he's an anathema to me in that sense because like he's also been like one of one of the most pro like let's develop housing people. Not necessarily the best on housing policy, but he's been like very adamant about that we need to develop, which is something I appreciate. <laughs> As yeah. someone who is very pro, let's just build more fucking houses. Um, let's build a house today. So Wait. he's very into that. And that's probably like the only reason I would support. That's like the main reason I would support him. But that's not. There are better candidates on that issue, i.e. Garcia and people like Donovan. But yeah. Donovan doesn't have a chance. <laughs> so, Even Yang is apparently like a little bit better on housing. So. Yeah, we'll see who about what's gonna happen. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I will have my popcorn ready. It's you're probably gonna need a few bags because it's probably gonna take a few days to not just count all the first initial votes, but then reallocate all of them. You're telling me this is gonna be like Iowa 2020 again? This is gonna be. This is probably no, because at least. Iowa, we never got a fucking result <laughs> until like a day later. This is probably going to be more like the actual presidential election where it took a few days. Because Iowa is technically, a, it's technically a ranked choice system. 
technically like the caucuses are technically ranked choice because you have your first initial vote and then if no one gets the right amount then they reallocate but um that was only a two-round system this is a you're going until somebody gets 50 percent, which is looking like it's going to be down until there's only two people left that's, considering how many people are in the race it's probably going to be like a couple rounds mm-hmm. we shall see we shall see um, I mean, Joe, what else happened this week? I mean, Joe Biden, he is, um, he went to Europe and, uh, he's, he is, I believe, no, they're in Switzerland. I was about to say he's in Russia. And I was like, no, that's not right. No, he's in America right now. Cause he was, he's, yes. He said he was, what day was it? I forgot. Two Thursday, he was signing the Juneteenth thing. Yes. But he was in Switzerland talking to, like, the big thing that came out of that was that he was in Switzerland talking to Vladimir Putin. Yes. And the G7 thing. In England. That is what it is. Yeah. Pretty Um, funny uh, picture, though. Oh, yeah, no. Some pretty funny memes came out of that. (laughs) It just has the picture of Joe Biden. Notably, he puts his hands up when he's basically, like, saying hello and Boris Johnson being Boris Johnson. And I think one picture, Angela Merka, Merkel looks very confused. Yes. There was another funny one that I saw where they took um, images of Boris Johnson meeting uh, French President Emmanuel Macron. Mm-hmm. And they put, they attached like sword, they, someone photoshopped in swords and uh, ancient French and English shields. And they titled it the Battle of Agincourt. <laughs> Which is like it's a history buff. I thought was funny because for those of you who don't know, that's like a major battle in French. That was like a battle where the uh, British invaded the English invaded the French and won. Mm-hmm. It was like this huge historical event in both English and uh, French history. So I just thought that I just thought that was funny. Yeah, and also funny, funny memes about um, uh, Biden and Macron. You know, yes. pretty funny ones. Uh, what else happened? Oh, yeah, Biden's apparently under attack by his own church, I guess. Yeah, the Catholic Church has, uh, they voted that they're not going to. It's I, like a bishop in America, like conference. And yeah, they essentially said they weren't going to, what is it? They weren't going to take something from pro. They're going to give politicians. What? Com- they're not going to give communion or the. Right to protest not going to yeah which um i mean (laughs) i'm not a christian i'm not the christian on this podcast (laughs) i know you're not a catholic (laughs) however i do sometimes get communion (laughs) you do you do it more than me yes (laughs) And I objectively do. speaking, I am yes. an atheist. I do not yeah, go to you, church. Yeah, thou art atheist. <laughs> the only time I go to church is like with my mom, and that's usually only for like Easter and Christmas, and I think maybe Thanksgiving, <laughs> and maybe I'll take the sacrament at that point. Exactly. But like, it's not. It's mostly just because I'm there and I'm going through the motions of it. <laughs> it's not like I'm going to be like no <laughs> i just feel i just feel rude yeah exactly whole, you don't want to be rude. my whole thing is like as an atheist it's like i respect your belief system and i'm not going to sit here and like 
bad. Be- like, I'm not going to sit here and badmouth the actual, like, institutions. It's, like, I'm not going to sit here and, like, badmouth you for being Christian. Yeah. But or, as- or is, you know, Muslim or Jewish or Sikh, Hindu, whatever. Hindu, I believe, is the correct term. Um, but just, like, I get, I get that people are very... And again, like I'm someone who's pro-choice. So Me like, too. my thing is, is that like on the one hand, I get the church's decision not to do it, but on the other hand, I'm like, you gotta respect the fact that there are people who, who first of all, are probably Catholic and hold this position. Not every Catholic is doctrinaire on their positions yeah. on abortion, I would imagine. Even if then they probably hold. They're probably like personally pro-life, but then politically pro-choice. I eat a lot of Democrats who are Catholic. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, if you're drawing this kind of consent, like I get that they're drawing consent, they're trying to draw concessions from people with power yeah. who can then influence policy. So I, like on that regards, I get it. But from the perspective of someone who's like, let people do, let people believe what they believe, I'm more just like, <laughs> Yeah, but it's a little weird. Yeah, but it's apparently it's going to be a vote, and apparently, like, it needs two thirds majority. Okay. So it's not a guarantee that's going to pass. Okay. So, but even I if, didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah. So I was about to say, so we don't have to spread misinformation. But you know, hopefully, Pope Francis, Your Holiness, please step in and say this is stupid. I doubt he will. Yeah. Um, or, or just think, from what I've seen of him, he hasn't deviated that far from Catholic doctrine. Yeah, but you know, we'll see. Maybe. Although there was this funny joke saying, "Oh yeah, Joe Biden is welcome to the Black Church if he wants." <laughs> At this point, why not? <laughs> hey, black people like Joe Biden. <laughs> Why do you think he's president right now? Yeah, exactly. If, South yeah. Carolina. Yeah, exactly. You just got to stop wearing a logo bomb. Uh, what else happened? Oh, yeah. Um, our boy from West Virginia. Joseph Manchin. Joe Manchin III. He put out a plan today. Well, not today. This week. Um, I describe this plan? Because I actually haven't read this plan, but I heard it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's basically there's a vote coming up about HR one, and you know, you know, um, uh, Mansion basically said he's not supporting it. Doesn't you know think it's partisan stuff? Even though like um, when it happened, we had an art, we had our position like, well, if you look at like the Fourteenth and Fifteenth Amendment, those weren't necessarily bipartisan. Mm-hmm. So. Just the whole argument I thought was dumb. However, he came out with a, um, um, let's see, he came out with like some stuff, you know, you can just look it up. I may send this to Morgan, basically. So his stuff is uh, voting legislation for the people compromise. It says, make election day a public holiday, mandate, at least, which is I'm fine with that. Oh, I'm totally down with that. Absolutely. Uh, mandate at least 15 days consecutive days of early voting for federal holidays. Good. Uh, ban partisan 
gerrymandering and use computer models. Okay. I'm for the gerrymandering, getting rid of gerrymandering. I don't know about that. Yeah, I would be interested to see how to get, what algorithm they're using. Yeah. Uh, require voter ID with allowable uh, alternatives to prove identity to vote. Okay. Okay, automatic registration through DM DMV with option of opt-out. Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty for that. Uh, require states to remote access to voter registration and voting for persons with disabilities and older individuals. Okay. okay. Uh, let's see. I mean, you can just read it off. Um, with, yeah, I mean, everything you've read so far, I'm down with. It, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, campaign finance, uh, amend the Federal Election Campaign Act to create a reporting requirement to disclosing reporting foreign contracts, disclose act, the Honest Aid Act, uh, a thing that's like updating John the John Lewis Act, John Voting Rights, that's, it's a mouthful, John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. Mm -hmm. But to be honest, even as someone who, as for me, was not the biggest fan of Joe Manchin's policies, let's just say that he seems like a really stand-up dude, it's pretty solid. Yeah. It's pretty good, you gotta admit. No, no, that's what I'm saying. And even Stacey Abrams herself was like, yeah, I can work with this. So, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, obviously so one is... person isn't a fan of it. Who? Our favorite uh, senior senator from Kentucky. Of course, Mitch McConnell wasn't <laughs> a fan of it. I mean, whatever. It's at least better than nothing. And so as far as I'm concerned, whether they pass this or HR1, I'm fine with it. Or even if they basically, I think Schumer has said that um, they're very open to make changes to HR1. Yeah, I mean, that wouldn't shock me because from what I understand, HR1 was supposed to be like, just pass the most, the biggest stuff and then cut back where need be. So yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Is, we should do voting reform. We should do electoral reform in the in we should just we should do it yes I, we should we need to do it yeah exactly especially if you look yeah. around at certain states looking at you florida georgia, georgia. arizona mm -hmm. i think iowa and i believe you know a lot of the swing states that happen to have republican control yeah they're doing some we're like shit. even I know we're like literally even the ones that aren't that swingy, but they have Republican control. Where just like Alabama and stuff like that, where it's just like they're not, like they're never gonna go Democratic, but they're not even doing stuff. <laughs> it's literally just states where they just it's a it's a potential swing state. Yeah. So it'd be, it would be good. It will be good. I'd be down. With we'll it. see how it goes. You know. Yeah. And he and even there was some saying that Manchin is open to like cutting the filibuster to sixty to fifty-five votes. That's pretty nice. Yes, yeah. pretty nice. So yeah, no, Manchin, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The thing that I can at least respect about Manchin is um, whether or not I agree with him at the time that he proposes stuff. He uh, isn't so much Senate-brained as he is um, 
that you know we just need bipartisanship as he is like proposing reforms yeah unlike a certain very reasonable where yeah kirsten cinema <laughs> we hope you are well we hope because you are very well recently but she had an accident oh shit yeah i hope she's doing well yeah she did like a marathon and like hurt her leg or something so right hope you're okay right 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 so yeah obviously we hope you're doing physically well yes but um the thing that is is that like with Kirsten Cinema, it tends to be that she has this perception that, like, she always tends to posture about how, like, we need to be bipartisan. There needs to be 60% support for staff. Um, Senate-brained, that's what that's what. Yeah, Senate-brained. Um, the problem is, is that that often, like, she doesn't seem to propose anything as, like, alternatives. And then, like, she's just, she's very secretive about it, and that's the one thing that I don't really like, where it's just, like, at least Manchin's, like, putting his shit out there. Yeah, exactly, like, here it is. Like, minimum wage stuff. Obviously, I don't agree with him, but he at least said, let's do $11. Yeah. It's like, I don't agree with you, obviously. And, like, Cinema has something. She has put stuff out, but it's usually after she's done talking with people. And that's the other thing. It's just like, tell me where you're sitting now. Otherwise, it's kind of just like, I can't figure you out. And I think that, if anything, is what makes cinema frustrating for a lot of people. It's because mm-hmm. she seems like such an enigma. And she's, but she's still like demanding bipartisanship. Give us a phone. Regardless. What else happened? I can't think of anything else. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I mean rest in peace, champ, champ, champ Biden. Yeah, rest in peace, champ Biden. We never met you, champ. But you were awesome. We love you. Yeah. We're sending you our love. Exactly. And our love to the entire Biden clan. That's it. And Major, who is now alone. The, the big dog now. He's now the big dog. He is going to bite so many people. <laughs> You will bite every person. You will bite all the Secret Service agents. <laughs> I can't wait till the, the Secret Service men of Biden will basically talk about stories like, yeah, I was just standing there basically taking a phone call and then Major Biden just came around and just bit me in the knee. Mind of his own, that dog. Yeah. We do not want anything happen to, ma- uh, to Major or we will find you. Yes. We will destroy you. We will John Wick your ass. We will John Wick Liam Neeson your fucking ass. Exactly. Mm. But regardless, this has been this has been the Down Bad Politics podcast. We, it is. I'm your host, Morgan McIntyre. And I'm Matthew Barber. Happy Juneteenth, everybody. Happy and a very merry New York City primary. We wish you a happy Juneteenth. We wish you a happy Juneteenth. We wish you a happy Juneteenth and a merry New York City mayor day. Why do you think I just shortened it down to New York City primary? You know, I wasn't paying attention. God damn it, Matthew. Pay attention next time. <laughs> Uh, we will hopefully when we're back, we may find a winner. Hopefully, Maybe. knock on wood. We'll probably have a winner by then, but yeah, regardless.
Have a good day, y'all. You too.